Luke is very excited. <laughs> we'll get that. <laughs> I'm excited. Luke, Luke is especially excited. I'm yeah. in my fan, and he said, for you, Josh, it's like Cristiano Ronaldo coming on. So <laughs> well, that's that's, that's um, quite a yeah. compliment. So I'm happy with that. I'm going to tweet <laughs> after. <laughs> what were his Derby representative? Were it uh, if Inagodiakas or Paolo Wanchop come on or something? Yeah. <laughs> He's your hero, isn't he? Yeah. Old, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, but if it's all right, Robbie, we'll go straight for it. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Fire away. Cool. Welcome back to another Pine Pint podcast. Robbie, Bad Beat Bob himself. We're delighted to have you on the podcast, mate. Thank you very much for coming on, firstly. Uh, a true legend, <laughs> a true legend at Bradford City, but then becoming a real hero for all Burnley fans, Luke especially. <laughs> oh. But uh, <laughs> if it's all right, can we just start by going back to the beginning of your career and obviously Absolutely. being born in Middlesbrough and how you come through at Darlington? Yeah, well, I think um, obviously when I was a, I was a schoolboy at Middlesbrough at the time, and um, the the club went into liquidation. Uh, number of years I can't remember exactly the year it was and I think they just wanted to keep what they thought was the best players at the time and obviously me not fitting that criteria just luckily for me there was the likes of Darlington Hartlepool and teams like that around so they had a really good scout called Barry Gildart who sadly passed away not long ago but he was he was you know instrumental in the early days of my career and so he said listen go along to, to, to Darlington I know you want to play a little bit high but go then and see if you see if you enjoy it, see if you like it. And I did. And then, you know, within about seven or eight months, I was training with the first team. So it was while while the players who I, I was at Middlesbrough with, they didn't really get that man's football situation. They yeah. just stayed in, you know, the young lads environment where I was straight in with the first team, straight playing against men. And, and in them days, it's a little bit different now. You, you, you knew what you were doing. So I think it stood me in great stead to get on my career earlier. Was uh, Sean Gregan in that team as well, Robbie? Have I Big Griggs, yeah. Griggs was there, yeah. Cracking yeah, couple of players in one team. He, that, that he was a he was a he was a fantastic player. To be yeah. fair, Griggs, fantastic player, absolute beast for Preston against us. <laughs> yeah. But. Do you find that massively important then, going and getting men's football as early as you can in in your career? Yeah, absolutely. I still I still think that stands for it now as well. Nicholas, to be fair, I think you've you've got to. I think uh, while there's an element of a bit of both when I was playing of trying to be a little bit more of a more professional, but I feel like you you have to go out and sample men's football as soon as you can, and I think that was massive for me. And then obviously, I'm coaching at Bognor, Bognor uh, Regis at the minute, and we we're quite fortunate that we've got a good relationship with Portsmouth, where we we get a lot of their younger lads. And yeah. to be honest, there's a few there's a few of the lads who've been released. We've only had them six months, and they've gone on to to football league clubs again because they, they, they started playing against men and they realise you know it's not under 23 under 21 football anymore it's, and it doesn't have to bring people on and, and, and it does stand them in good stead Yeah, well, we had a few guests on and we talk about maybe the negative side of, of like the under 23s league and, and things like that that you yeah. in the Premier League and yeah it's great we don't have many that, that say it's a good thing really do we from, from the guests we've spoke to a, a lot echo what you've said about needing that that competitive edge and that and that men's football really so yeah the the i mean listen you've got to be careful how you say this because obviously i've not trained uh, or coached players at that level but yeah 
I just think under 23 football is it's a load of rubbish personally I really do I, it doesn't listen you'll get the one or two exceptions of course you'll be that's just because they've got better talent than the majority of them but I think if you go on an average you know the, the, the sooner they can go out and example men's football and have that physicality and have the strength it's not only so much the, the strength it's the, the the tempo you know when you play you know I haven't played academy football so to say so I don't but I, when I've visually watched it from the stands when I've gone to watch games there's there's not much tempo it's all like you have it side to side, pass side to side, keep the ball well done, you know. And while winning is not everything and it's not good to have to bring you know, young lads up thinking winning is a must, I think there's also you've got to just breed that into them to understand that results do matter. Um, and I think that goes away from it a lot of academy football and I think that's where we do go a little bit soft nowadays. Yeah, agree. Um well, yeah, back back onto yourself, Robbie. So after a couple of seasons at, at Darlington, you were certainly hot property. <laughs> Signed for for Bradford City in '97, um, 47 yeah. goals in 175 games, um, which was superb return. Playing some great football under under Paul Jewell, um, getting yeah. getting into the Premier League, which <laughs> mad at the time and, and mad to think now with with where Bradford are. Um, what, yeah. what what's your time? How do, how do you reflect on your time at Bradford? Incredible times, really. You know, like you say, it's sad the way they are at the minute, but it was incredible times. That, um, you know, going there, I remember going there and it was just a case of they were stabilising themselves and then I think they were ready to, to have a little bit of a kick, you know, kick on and, and sign some players that they felt could, could bring them that. You know, I didn't at that time know genuinely how good I could be. So mm. it was a case of, you know, great opportunity for me, you know, other, another stepping stone, hopefully. And um, so uh, obviously that did materialise, but it, it was just the start of something around them years that was going to, you know, was going to take off. And I remember, I think I can remember, right, we survived the last day of the season. I think it might have been crew away. Mm. Um, we survived the last game of the season. And, and obviously then Paul Joe brought extra, more play, more players and brought, obviously Stuart McCall back to the club. And then he brought um, Gareth Wally, people like that, Isaiah Rankin, Lee Mills, Peter Beagrey. So, you know, all them, all them players are, you know, were good, good players. And I think it was pretty much similar. Uh, don't, don't, I don't like saying this, but in the way of like Burnley, in terms of they weren't expected mm. to be good. But in reality, at Bradford and at Burnley, we had exceptional players at the football club that people, just because it was, you know, not little old Burnley, but when you've got the bigger team, bigger clubs, so to say, what they think they are, it gets overlooked, and I think that's what happened with us as well. Yeah, I love what you said there, actually, because we always have this conversation, myself, Luke, and Josh, about the England squad and the England sort of pickup. I mean, the players that are there now, like Ben Mead, Tark, Charlie Taylor, McNeil, all don't get a sort of shout in the England team. Do you feel like it's because they see them as a small Premier League club that they don't sort of pick them players really? I think I think it's a lot easier to leave them players out. I think it's a lot easier to leave them players out, and whatever whatever happens, guys, the, trust me. I've been in football long enough. There's a lot of politics going in football, and um, yeah. you know it's they they deserve huge amount of credit. Not only, I mean, we can even go back to when Heaton was the keeper. You know, yeah, definitely. In my opinion, he was possibly the best keeper in that league, even though they had the gear and people like that. He was on, on a consistent level. I think one season he kept Burnley in the league, probably. So. Yeah. He, he deserved a call-up. I mean, obviously, he did get one in the end, but everyone was sort of pressurising the situation. And I think it's the same. I think 
how you know Pope has not had um, the games he should have had, yeah. and now you know how Tarkovsky's not played, now Neil's not played yet. So it, it's it's it, it's just a case of yeah, I do I do think there's an element of that, and people might say no, you're wrong. They're just not as good as what they are, and in fact they are. Um, they're very good players, and um, they they do deserve. And when you say you know Little Old Burnley now, it's not Little Old Burnley no more, is it? It's not. No. You know, we, it's. They've they're established, well established Premier League. They're, they're, they're established themselves a proper Premier League team, and and, and what what gets missed is it's a fantastically well-run club. You know, they don't spend over the means. They don't go and spend forty million pound on a player. They've got a fantastic manager in. It'll, the model is perfect for the football club. Listen, eventually that will change. Whether the manager goes on as a change, it will happen. But one thing you would say is the club is in great hands both on and off the pitch. Yeah, it's been a new takeover and I don't know what that takeover is going to be like. But so far, you know, when you've got a manager and all the players are buying into the drill of what it is, it might not be the most attractive football, but they buy into it and it's great for Burnley Football Club. And it's not me. I, I enjoy watching the team because obviously my love for Burnley will always be there. So it doesn't matter how they play. It's the results that are the most important thing. And for the last four or five years now, it continued on that before the Premier League. Yeah. You know, Sean's done an incredible, consistent job. Yeah, I, I can't agree enough with every word you said there, and especially your point on Nick Pope. I mean, you know, I know that there's the whole you've got to play out from the back, you've got to be good with your feet kind of drive now in football. But listen, a goalkeeper's number one job is to keep the ball out of the net. And if we're in a penalty shootout or we're defending a 1 0 lead in a semi final at the Euros, I'd want Nick Pope in goal, not Jordan Pickford. Absolutely. And whenever you look at it, I think he's got the most clean sheets, hasn't he? Apart from, I think em, yeah. is it em, Edison's got the most, but you know, yeah. you talk, you're talking about a 500 million pound team compared to a 50 million pound <laughs> team. So, exactly. you know, and Nick Pope will face about 15 more shots a game yeah. than what Edison will. So you got to take it in perspective. And um, yes, listen, no one likes to watch more free flow and attractive, you know, penetrating football than me. You know, that's how I want to, that's how I coach, that's how I want it. But, the facts are, he's a fantastic goalkeeper that doesn't really get beat, um, and he doesn't really. I've, I think I've seen him make one mistake in about the last two years. Yeah. So it's, it's you know, while I'm not, I'm not. Uh, you can't really argue with Pickford's um, credentials as an England goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. We've made he's made serious ricks for Everton, but what you will say is, as a player or as a manager, you trust that person because he's done well for you. So it's very difficult for Gareth to leave yeah. Pickford out, but. I think um, Pope, hopefully, surely this time, is with Pickford out the squad plays. Yeah. Well, this is his chance, like you say, to kind of make a stake for it and really put him under pressure going into the Euros, definitely. You wouldn't be at all surprised if, if you had me Henderson, though, would you? You just had... I don't, no, you, you, you wouldn't be surprised. That, that, for me, Pope's number one, and I'm a United fan. Yeah. Has to have this chance, but would you be surprised if Team Sheet comes out Whenever it is Wednesday. No, I mean, because I mean, when you look at it, even just going off this, like, I mean, how long did it take Grealish to get a cap? Yeah. I mean, it was just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, come on, yeah. Whether he goes over a little bit quick, the guy is pure quality, and mm. the player that he is, we've lost track of. You know, ten years ago, he'd have been all thought of. You know, with the scruffy socks down, and you know, he's just an incredible footballer. Played very, plays very similarly to you, actually, Robbie. I think. Well, he's second, probably a bit better than me. The <laughs> second spell at Billy, though, that like sort of left wing, able to cut in, and you know, 
I've I've been watching Burnley in the Premier League for about ten years, and uh, I've said before the two best players I've ever seen up against Burnley, uh, uh, P- Pierre Emerick Aubameyang because he scored yeah. a ridiculous hat trick against him, and Jack Grealish. Yeah, yeah Grealish is fantastic football, but you know he's he, he's devilment to get on the ball. You know he's just mm. he, he and you, you as a player, I mean you get players at every level. They they carry the team. You know, and the players look to him. Just give me the ball. Give him the ball, and that's yeah. the sign of a top-class player. Yeah, definitely. And it's just, oh. it's, it's getting to that level now for England as well. Yeah, no, it's exciting for the summer, definitely. Right, we'll jump back to to you, Robbie. So Josh sort of touched on this about sort of where Bradford are now, and obviously in that time when when you was there, they suffered that relegation and massive financial difficulties, but. Yeah. What was it like playing with the players that were there, such as your Stan Colin Moores and Benito Carbone, etc.? It was it was a, it was a complete iron opener, you know. It was, <laughs> but, uh, listen, when we first got there, uh, and then we survived on the last day of the season when Weatherall scored that great header against Liverpool, and we beat them one nil. I was in the toilet actually, believe it or not, in, in um, <laughs> at the Valley Parade. You have a communal toilet, you know, for both dressing rooms. So anyway, I'm I'm having I'm having a wee, and then David Thompson, you know the small winger, yeah, he came in, he, yeah, ex Liverpool, yeah, Blackburn, he came inside me, and Jamie Carragher came the other side, and I and I just you know I was a bit of bang. I said go easy lads today, you know what I mean? We need the points more than you. And he said he said uh, Carragher went, you know you joking, aren't you? He said uh, we don't want to win this game today. He said if 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 we get in the in the Champions League, Julio will bring all the big hitters in. We want to keep it down to that. <laughs> so I thought. <laughs> I thought we got a chance of winning today then. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we won 1-0, so. <laughs> we didn't even want to win. <laughs> uh, Brilliant. Following Bradford, right? Listen, whether he, whether he was, you know, tongue-in-cheek having a bit of banter, but I just thought it was quite, oh, I thought I said, I said you're not going to leave it, leave it, boys, what you just said to me in there. Yeah. Nah, you want to said that. I said, I'm telling you, dude. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we won 1-0 and didn't come over the halfway line. <laughs> <laughs> Carragherelli did anyway, did he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just had players in front of him who could play. Yeah. Pass yeah. to them, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> and following that um, that season, Robbie, you had a, a couple of loan spells, but obviously you, you did make the move to Burnley. And I remember at the time thinking, fucking hell, that is a class signing. The reason for that, about a year prior, I don't know if you remember this game, you were playing for Forest on run. And you absolutely yeah, do, do score as a new arse, so we, you won 5-0. I think, yeah, we won 5-0. I mean, Jack Lester were played up front, didn't yeah. we? And, yeah. Jesus. Um, we, had, we, had, we had Big Coxie and Big Steve Davis, like two um, P&Os. So we just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, I, you know what? I Actually, Stan collared me in the tunnel afterwards, and he was like, you little shit, yeah. <laughs> he said, where did that come from? I said, I'm fit now, Stan, like that. So... Um, <laughs> He said, don't worry, it won't be the last to see you. And I just, you know, started laughing and shrugged my shoulders and went straight into, you know, Forest um, first team dressing room. But the going back to the Bradford, which you probably won't like this look, actually. When I when I was, um, it was it basically, so the year we stayed up and then we, we got back in the Premier League and we brought some better players. Mm-hmm. I actually got reserve call-up for England. All right. So I, yeah, I got Kevin Keegan was on the phone. I thought it was one of my mates, you know. And he's like Robbie, it's uh, Kevin. I was like, yeah, yeah, good one, lads. You know, yeah. <laughs> they say no, no, no. It's Kevin. You know, we've been watching you over the last six weeks, and you're doing great. But we've we just feel, you know, 
we're going to keep watching you for another month and then we're going to put you on reserve. But if anyone breaks down, because he used to have two reserves then, okay. he, used to have, he used to name the team and then they'd have two standby players who would go in. Yeah. Um, and when I look back, the three previous call-ups, someone pulled out. And on that, on my occasion, they didn't pull out. Can you believe it? Well, I mean, listen, it's, it's so, and I was getting back to look, is that that year, this Blackburn bid four million pounds for me when Jack Watt was the chairman and Brian Kidd was the manager. So I might have not have been playing for Burnley, I'd have been playing for Blackburn. So, oh my God. <laughs> Good. God, no, I just, you know, I just thought I'd say that, but just luckily, luckily they got turned down. I mean, obviously it was big money at the time. And I was, yeah, you know, without my affinity with Burnley now, obviously that was never happening at that time. So it was, it was, you know, they were going to bid four million pounds straight down. Like, so that wasn't a hell of a lot of money. So Definitely. I was, um, and it did sidetrack me at Bradford. You know, I, I did fall out with the chairman. I fell out with the manager and that's when it resulted in me going out on loan to Forest and then going out again. Which you know it, it did it did while it was great at Bradford it did turn a little bit you know nasty and yeah. to be honest it was not all my fault. Yeah. They were a massive club at the time as well. Wouldn't league a, probably a couple of years before that. 90, yeah, 90. no, they would, yeah, they had some you know fantastic football players. I mean, to and to spend that amount of money as well at that time it was obviously relevant to it. Now it would have been a lot of money. So yeah, yeah no, it was it was one of them purple patches you do you have in your career and everything was going right for me then. Just as football does, it just hits you straight away, and before you know it, you're out of that system, you're out of that scene, yeah. and you're trying, you're going out alone to try and get games. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, do, do you think your performance for Forest and that conversation with Stan came into play at all, then, Robbie? When the club yeah, I think, I think, I think I, listen, I think whether whether you're a fan, whether you're a player, whether you're a manager, a coach, if you know certain performances stick out, yeah. You do tend to say, "Oh, well, what about that player? Or what about him?" Or you, do you know what I mean? So, yeah. hopefully, well, thankfully, it was sort of one of them great moments to be to do it, really, because obviously, with what the great times you had at the club. And what was Stan like? We've we've had a few experts on at this point. It's um, the first words are is a character. That's being kind, obviously. I mean, um, I've got my own my own story of run-ins with Stan, which I'll uh, I'll have to share <laughs> sometime. I but, think everybody um, in Burnley's had a run in the stand, haven't they? <laughs> but what can, oh, it can't be doubted. I mean, what an unbelievable job he did for our club. And obviously, he did bring you in. What were, what were your relationship what like with him? Incredible. Um, and you, you know what? Listen, Stan's never going to get the plaudits he deserves because maybe his style of football or yeah. people thought his style of football was bad. But in reality, he was doing a changeover of getting better players in. Mm hmm. And while you've still got players in, I don't mean it disrespectful to these players that are not that mould, it's very difficult to breed that into the team. So you have to filter it out every now and then, but you can't make all same changes, eight or nine changes straight away because it just upsets the dynamics of the team yeah. and what he wants to do. But as a, as a guy, incredible, loyal, um, as a manager, the best for me in terms of the whole, the whole thing I've got to think about. Yeah. Because when you're, when you're a good player, which Nicholas, obviously being a Man United fan, can see a lot of times, is you don't need really to coach them. Mm. Yeah, You know what I mean? You just set a, set a certain system up and they just go and do it for you. You know, you can't really coach Wayne Rooney and Tevez and that and Ronaldo doing little flicks and little one-twos to give him goals. It's just natural because they're great at it. Yeah. But as a, the, the, the full figure of a, of, a, of a manager and everything he brought and what he did, he was the best for me, Stan. The best. Awesome. But the, 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 when I signed, I signed with a which I thought was a stomach, uh, stomach strain. Uh, we were playing Walsall in the FA Cup and um, I, 
the ball just got thrown down the line. And I've tried to stretch to keep the ball in. I, I've had pop in my stomach, so I thought oh, it must, you know, it must be a um, stomach strain. So obviously later on, it, it turned out that I had a double hernia. But oh, yeah. Burnley signed me with a double hernia, but we, they thought it was just a um, stomach strain. So for like the first, I think it's for, I think I played a game. I think I came on as a sub against Bradford of all teams, and I got subbed within about five minutes because I couldn't move. Really? I, I literally couldn't move. And my obviously my low sense of gravity was my sort of my game, yeah. and I just I had no power in my core on midriff. I couldn't move anywhere, so I just said to Sauce was the, the physio. I said Sauce, you just I, I can't move. I, wanna, I need to go and get a scanner. I need to go and see a specialist or something. So <laughs> I go and see the specialist. Put to me, yeah, you've done your hernia. I said, oh, I said, great. Then I said, listen, get me in three, three or four weeks. Yeah. Do a little bit of rehab. I'll be back in in the fall within five or six weeks. No problem. Might even be earlier. Yeah. No, no, stand up on that. He wants the full squad together. I said, I can't move. I said he signed me for a million quid and I can't move. So what? What good am I? No, no, he still wants the squad together. So that was why my bats, bat Burnley start was so terrible. Yeah. It was so bad because I couldn't physically move. I, I just literally, or any power in the shots, nothing. I couldn't do it. And he said, used to turn around to Cliff. Used to turn around to Cliff Roberts, who was the scout, and go, "Fucking hell, what have we signed here?" <laughs> <laughs> and I, I used to come off the pitch and go, "Gaffer, I can't move. I need an operation." No, we're not. No, I'm on all the squad together. So that was why my start was terrible. So what was it? Just sort of end at season? Did he did finally that like, season? Yeah. We were in comfort playoffs as well. Like Robbie, no, was no, no, big January signing to try yeah. and get he, into. He play. waited. Yeah. He waited, and then about a month later, he went, "Yeah, get him in, sauce." <laughs> you could have been back by then. Yeah. So I, I think I, I come back. I think well, no, I didn't come back actually because I remember Gaza in the post against Coventry when we needed to win yeah. two 0 yeah. I remember Gazzard it in the post on the free kick last get the game, and I remember watching it from the um, back of the goal and in the you know the well, obviously the old like tunnel that was right at the back. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't get back at all. So then it was so important that pre that pre season was massive for me, which I got fit and then yeah, obviously you know started to do all right. Yeah. So at, at, the, at that time, which we just talked about, when when you did join Burnley, they really were, like Luke said, pushing, pushing for promotion, and and you did just miss out. Um, and then there were a bit of financial trouble at the club, weren't there? Was it ITV Digital went belly up, and yeah, yeah, yeah I think a lot of, a lot of teams suffered, didn't they, with yeah. that? What what was that like to to sort of play through that that period? I think I think inevitably, there's, there's, when there's uncertainty, whether it's a football club or it's well, obviously, when it's a big contract that affects the football club, of course it does. Mm. But I think at that time we possibly might have been one of the easier clubs that might not have been as damaged as other clubs who were probably paying a little bit more money, which obviously was still going to affect the club. But I think you know what? I think while it did affect us, we just had a fantastic manager, and we had a great squad of players. Mm. Like the characters, lads. Like some of the stories, the characters were incredible. You know what I mean? So we just. Once we got in the dressing room or got trained, whether it's training or on the pitch, we just stuck together like Lou and it did get us through. It did, it got us through in very, very like difficult circumstances sometimes. And yeah. and that's where a lot of the credit doesn't go to Stan as well. You know what I mean? Because he, he did get us through all that situation as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> that season, we did all, we were in relegation trouble all season, 2003, 2004. But on a personal level, you, that was some of the best football you ever played for us. I think you got 22 goals. Um, 
just outstanding all season. And, and you know, I don't I don't mean to have a go at the other lads when I say it, but you kind of did single handedly keep us up that season, really, with your goals anyway. The amount of points you, you subtract them and it's ludicrous. We're like so far down. I mean, yeah, like, I, 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 go on, sorry, go on. I was just going to say, just did that ever like come across to you? Did you have like a sense of like responsibility there? Like, a, I don't know how that would have felt for you, knowing that we, we were still relying on you. To be to be honest, look, not 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 one ounce did I think responsibility. It was just my job yeah. to do the best I possibly could. Now, if that was better than some other people, or if that was scoring important goals or getting us points, I think everybody you know contributed in some way. Well, you know, I I respect what you're saying and appreciate what you're saying. Yeah, it's not just one single player. Listen, I know to score important goals, but there might have been a last ditch tackle from somewhere. It might have been a grave save from somebody, and it. Well, luckily for me, when you score a goal or when anyone scores a goal, it's more highlight than someone yes. making saving a, saving a penalty or making a great save in the last minute. So you, it, sometimes you just get on them pedal patches and obviously, you know, I was in a good rich frame of form then. I was I was happy in life and I was happy doing what I was doing. And, you know, you just when, when you when you like that and you feel comfortable on a football pitch, you can do you can do a lot of things and achieve a lot of things. You had an amazing understanding as well that season with Glenn Little and almost appearing on a different wavelength to some of the other players. But what was he like to to play with and be a part of in the dressing room? Glenn was not only brilliant to play with, but what a character off it. I mean, <laughs> he lads, honestly, he was just incredible. But, you know, people used to say, oh, he's so lucky that Glenn Little, he does it. He wasn't. It was just an art that he had. It might look scruffy, but I guarantee you, he used to do it every day in training yeah. and he used to do it every day on a pitch. And no one could replicate what he did. And that's why he was unique. But he was such a fantastic footballer. But he was a, a, a great person off the pitch, uh, such yeah. a character and someone who was massively valued in the in the dressing room. But what a player. Yeah, he was, like I say, anyone asked me who was my favourite ever Burnley player, it's a tie, basically, between you and Glenn. Um, <laughs> Just great to watch. You know, you get you both got us off our seats. That's the difference, I think, between... And, and the thing with Glenn was he was so unorthodox. He just doesn't look yeah. like a winger. He was like six foot no. four. He had no pace, but he didn't need it. If if the no. fullback that he'd just beaten caught up with him, he'd just beat him again. He was just, just Yeah, just, just chop him again, wouldn't he? He'd just yeah. chop him again or, or he'd hit it off his leg to hit his <laughs> other leg. Yeah. And then hit his off his knee and then go through. He used to do it all the time, but it, it was something he used to do. And you can't do that many times without being lucky. Yeah, you know, he's, it's impossible. But what a, what a player. So I just want to say as well, sorry, Luke means it when he says you and Glenn are his favourite players. Because when we had Paul and Tony Grant on, he was like, oh, about favourite players. And he didn't even say them. He's just telling the truth, isn't he? <laughs> That's it. I'm, I'm not just gonna. I'm joking. I'm, I'm joking. not just gonna lie to Tony Grant and say you're my favourite ever player, Tony. Am I? <laughs> to be fair, Tony Grant used to say that to me. He <laughs> <laughs> did on the podcast. He, he put he put you in the uh, greatest ever team of eleven he played. Well, that's that's that's, um, that's incredible. A big compliment. You think he'd play with like Kinchelskis, Big Dunk, all the rest? It says it all, really. Yeah. No. That's. Uh, nice to be you know held in that and, and that's one thing you can take back from when you you know you speak to ex-pros or you see ex-pros and what the the teams and and they have you in it it's it's really satisfying to be fair it's quite humbling but really satisfying as well yeah that's good at the end of that season 
Robbie, obviously Stan left, Glenn left as well. So quite a lot of changeover from what we've yeah. known as Burnley fans. And Steve Cottrell came in, um, made you captain, which, you know, was in our eyes, the, the obvious thing to do. I think we only had about eight players anyway that summer. Yeah. And- oh, thanks. Thanks, Luke. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> We, we, we were that desperate, yeah, yeah. So desperate. Just give it a bit. Just give it a bit. Just give it a bit. you yeah. up, Luke, as well. <laughs> well. but, you know, he made some great... So we got, like, John McGreal in, Frank Sinclair. So we got some yeah. experienced lads in. But he did, you know, like I say, made you captain. And I, for me, there's two periods of form that you had at Burnley, which were you at your absolute peak. We'll come on to promotion season shortly, obviously. But your form from that the start of that season up till Christmas was just ridiculous, really. Some... Absolute screamers, Preston free kicks, obviously, which are given with you. Um, yeah, nice thought. Yeah, and um, then. January January window were coming around, and obviously you were being linked with an exit. Um, at the time, I think there was rumours Paul Jewell were trying to get you back because obviously he'd had you at Bradford. And, yeah, yeah. And then you did end up getting your move to Birmingham. From a Burnley fan's perspective, obviously at the time, I'll tell you something, you know, just to embarrass myself further about this. My mum and dad, for me, it was my 18th birthday that December. And my mum and dad actually got me a framed, still on my stairs actually, a framed Robbie Blake shirt that said, happy 18th, Luke. And you did actually leave five days later, which was quite... Oh, sorry, mate. Sorry. <laughs> I blame my mum and dad for that, really. Yeah, sorry. But, um, I, bet that, I bet that soon came down. <laughs> it went back up when he came back. back <laughs> um... Yeah, so just how did that come about? Did you just feel, look, I've got to give it another go in the Prem? Was that kind of thinking? You know what? It was difficult because the it wasn't all me wanting to leave, to be honest. It got a little bit heated with me, Barry Kilby and Steve Cottrell. Um, it, you can't go into it because certain things of like loyalty things and, and certain things that I should have required that I wasn't, you know, you know what I mean? So it was just a bit, it, inevitably, you just look at the player and say, he wants to leave, he wants to do it, do, 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 do. but it, it wasn't. It, it, I, was, I wasn't really in a great mind with Steve at the time, to be honest. Right. Um, what we, it was, but listen, when, when you're at a club and you see no, because pro- at that, that time, there was no progression at our club in, in terms of, it had it, gone, it stayed, it was staying. I was saying, what, 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 what's the situation? Are we going to spend a bit? Are we going to try and push on to the next level of players? Yeah. Um, can you give me a new contract? No, we can't give you a new contract. Yeah. Um, just all things like that. And then obviously it just, as you do, listen, things happen. You're younger, you're a bit brash. Um, and then I was like, well, you know, if that's not the case, if you can't guarantee me that, you know, maybe it's best that I leave. You know, use cashing on the money. Maybe that might be enough money for you to progress or take the club a bit further. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it it, it didn't. It wasn't. It, it didn't turn sour in the end because I think everybody came to a compromise. But the only thing I dis really was disappointing was Steve like hammered me to the press so you yeah. fans could see it, and it wasn't the true reflection of what was happening. I did actually say, "Give me a new contract and I'll stay." Yeah. And it wasn't. It wasn't for the same amount of money that I was going to go to Birmingham for. Yeah. So. That's not me trying to dig an hole. I'm just trying no, to give you an insight of, insight to how the situation went. And what, what I will say is once I signed, even though it was a great move for me, I did regret leaving the club because um, I just felt at home with everything, you know, the support of the place, even the journey across from where I lived in Harrogate. Yeah. just liked it. Yeah. You know, I just felt comfortable. And while, you know, I don't regret things in life because you don't, I just still think, oh, God. I shouldn't have left. 
<laughs> I think um, you know, in hindsight, you know what Burnley fans were like. You know what you know what we're like in general. They hold grudges. So we'll, we'll yeah, but I've got no problem. Look, I've got no problem with that. You know what I mean? They, you know, listen, I take that as a little bit of a compliment because if they yeah. didn't, they thought, you know, see you later. That we're at, we'll get someone else in. Fine, exactly. So I, I, I've got no problem with anybody saying to me, "Ah, oh, you're a dick." You know, why did you leave? You do this. I've got no problem with that. What and I was that's when say was actually the opposite. Um, we do hold grudges when we feel kind of. Uh, we'll come on to Owen Coyle. Like I've got over it. Actually, shook his hand since, but you know that type of thing. But when it came to you, I, I mean, it's easy to say now in retrospect and everything. But we did get over it. We got. I remember giving you a clap at Ellen Road when we when he played for Leeds. You scored free kick against us. Of course you did. And then you know, if you were there against Accrington, obviously you were. You came on. I mean, about what your first game on your return. It was yeah, I remember that, yeah. And you know, to a man, we were all stood up like, oh, Robbie, Robbie, because yeah. Hack. So I don't I remember, think I remember getting off that but I remember getting off the bus actually at Accrington and then it when I was tra training pre-season and stuff like that it only sank in when I was getting off that bus shit yeah I wonder what sort of reception I'm going to get I did, did honestly it didn't enter my mind until because I was just going in every day you hardly see you might see one supporter who goes to Gawthorpe or whatever yeah, yeah. but I, I had no I had no, I, it just suddenly I went shit what sort what sort of reaction am I going to get here yeah. And it, it, it was mixed. I've got, but in my own head, speaking to my family, I said, I've got no problem with it because I know I've got to win them over. Yeah. And that's why I was so more driven than any other time at any other football club. Because not only, listen, it's football, it's life, everything revolves, you know, no one player is bigger than the club or anything like that. But I always felt he's deserved more respect. So yeah. that I, it was more in me to do even a better job than I actually did before I left. Yep, that's great. So following your spell at Birmingham, you did move to Leeds under Kevin Blackwell, a massive club who was just relegated. Ke did you say Kevin Blackwell or Kevin Bakewell? Kevin Blackwell. Well, he, he, he managed like Bakewell. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking useless. Um, I think at that time, actually, you was uh, you lost in the player final to Watford. What what was that like in the experience? Well, it, the reason why we probably lost is because we had four four centre forwards on the bench with one up front. So <laughs> because uh, of Bakewell, you know, yeah, it's <laughs> too busy baking the old tabs. <laughs> yeah. The team you had that year, I looked at it before you came on, Robbie, and the strikers you had yourself, David Ely, Richard Cresswell, uh, Rob Fulce, I think. Yeah, yeah. Like, what? This is for. 15 to 20 goal strikers in the championship. Um, even Kevin Blackwell should have been getting you up from my perspective. Well, listen, it, you always have good managers, bad managers. You might, you might have good managers that you just don't get on with. Yeah. But he was bad, bad. Mm. You know, <laughs> uh, and listen, I, I've been this side of the fence now. I understand it. it's, it's not easy coaching. It's not easy managing. Yeah. But, just so far out with depth, it was unbelievable. You know, it's just, you know, you, you come you, when you're a manager, when you're a, you, you've got to do inspirational speeches, inspirational talks. You got, you know, you you've got to look these plays in the eye and just and take them on that journey. You know what I mean? And, and believe in everything, everything the manager's saying. Sometimes you might bluff, but just get them players believing in you. And yeah. we, we used to come out of the tunnel at Ellen Road and start scratching our head. You yeah, know, yeah. What, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, and we played Watford at home with about six games to go and we were getting beat 1-0 yeah. 
and he left me out and then he brought me on after about 70 minutes and I ended up scoring a penalty scoring the winner after about 88 minutes mm. and after the game he come in he, he looked at me and went thanks for that and I was like <laughs> fucking thanks what I was, you know it's my job yeah. you know that's what I get paid to do congratulating thanks for that uh, and luckily those three lads with me stood, stood, we were just chatting afterwards and, and they're like you know how random's that like what you what you know how weird yeah but he was it just is it's poor and listen to be fair he's, he's done well he's followed warnock everywhere and warnock's been a success wherever he's won and, and good luck to him i've got no problem with that i've just i can only give you my honest view about somebody and yeah he was he must he must have woke up every morning and pinched himself that he was managing that club yeah, yeah. a massive massive club yeah oh. <laughs> No matter how far far they went, and and they did the next season, it was the season after, wasn't it? Straight after yeah. final and and down to to League One, which is which is mad. Right. So I was that was was he responsible? <laughs> no, I think no. I don't, I, I, listen, I don't think you can ever say the manager is the full full blame. Yeah, but he didn't have the players. He, he didn't have them on side. Mm-hmm. So that is his responsibility to an extent. Once yeah. you go over the line. It goes back to the quality of the play or whatever, but we we just there was so much unhappiness at the football club. That was the, off the field, on the field. It was so unhappy, and which was a shame because it is an amazing football club. No, you might. Sorry, I, I've gotten. I thought Nicholas was the Man United fan. Was it you, Jasmine? Uh-huh. So, yeah, sorry, buddy. Sorry for that. But, um, <laughs> no, you say I've is, got Derby, Derby on me toughing me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say anything there, but I'm just. <laughs> Um, no, they, they're just such a it's just such a fantastic football club, and um, they it's good it, to be to be fair. You you probably like it now, Joshua. You got that rivalry again, but yeah. Leeds United genuinely need to be in the Premier League, don't they? You know, when you when you if you're a football fan or a neutral, Leeds United deserve to be in the Premier League. So you know, it's such an amazing club, and you get you you do get pelters there, by the way. You know, but they do stick with you as well. Which I, I mean, luckily for me, wherever I went, the football club. I didn't really have that much hate of home fans towards me. Mm-hmm. So I was quite fortunate in that respect. So, um, but yeah, just an amazing football club. And, you know, we, sh- we should have, we should have went up automatic that, that year. Yeah. But when you looked at the Wofford, the Wofford team was pretty good though. Yeah. Yeah. They had a, yeah. They had a lot of good players in that team. So, but yeah. It was, and well, I will tell you a story though. We, I was on the back of the bus after the game and I was on the back of the bus going, fuck, you know, Packing Kevin Blackwell, you know, what well, we've got four 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 centre forwards, and he play, he doesn't even play a centre forward. He plays Matt Kilgallen wide wing wing back on the left when he's a he's a centre half. He played Fraser Richardson wide right wing back. Was he's a, he's just a full back. Yeah, and no, you know, I'm saying this, but obviously someone one of the players has grasped me up. Oh no! Yeah, so when I've come in on the first day of pre-season, the next pre-season, he got me in his office and he said, uh, "I've heard what you've been saying." I said, what do you mean? He said, I've heard what you've been saying after the game on the bus. He says, uh, how could he uh, saying, which he couldn't hear me because he wasn't even on the fucking bus. <laughs> so he said, I, I can hear you uh, saying I'm the worst manager you've ever worked under. I went, yeah, you are. So you want me to be honest? Yeah, you are. I says, you bought me for that amount of money. You've put me here, there and everywhere. Not me, put me down in my proper position. And then you expect me to do all this? I said, you are the worst manager. And he just looked at me and went, Listen, he said, I don't care if we lose 10 games on the spin, I'm going to make you rot. Really? I, yeah, he said, I'm going to have Black you in. More, he said, I'm going to have you in morning and afternoon. You're going to go with, I think his name was Dean Riddle, who was a fitness coach. He said, 
you're going to do cycling, swimming, and running. So he's giving me triathlons in the afternoon. Jesus. He said, I'm going to make you rot. And anyway, they, they lost about, I think, the first 10 games. We, I think we lost seven, won one and drew two. Mm. And then he got the sack. We played Sheffield Wednesday live on Sky like on an early kickoff. Yeah. And I was sat in the dugout because he, he, he obviously Ken Bates was a manager. He must have said, whatever you're doing, we've got to show that we're paying, you know, you need to have him on a bench on him. You know what I mean? Or he might have been, been saying to Ken, yeah, he's just on the bench, but he's not, he's not playing well at the minute. And uh, I was just sat like that at the back on, in the in the in the dugout, and he's, the cameras come on him because obviously he was under pressure at the time. And he's turned round to me and gone, "Go on, go on, fucking look unhappy, look unhappy, you fucking." And I'm gone. So obviously I didn't, I didn't, you know, I was just. And then obviously that after that game he got the sack. Now you don't want to see anyone get the sack in terms of that, but I did a few cartwheels and I can't even do a cartwheel. <laughs> Yeah, that's quite vindictive, work. Um, Listen, he, he, I might have done things to piss him off. Got no problem with that, and I probably did. But we just, you know, we didn't see eye to eye, and he just wasn't a good coach because there's other managers I've been under that didn't like Steve Cottrell didn't have that much of a great relationship, but he was a very good manager. Yeah, you know, so I, it wasn't like a personal vendetta again. I met, I met him when I was at Doncaster when I was finishing my career. I met him. He was a, he was the manager at Berry. We, we shook hands in the in the tunnel and said, "Listen," I said, "Listen, I." I probably said a few things I shouldn't have said. So listen, it's all under the under the water now, and just move on. But he's just—I can only be honest with you guys. You know, it's no yeah. point in not. No, definitely. That's yeah. good though, then, because you can say, "Look, Kevin, we're a shit manager," but you've got that respect for Steve, even though you didn't get on. You even thought you were a great manager. So he was a very, very good manager. Nicholas yeah. he was a very good manager, and some, some, some of Steve's little thing, bad traits as a manager, stopped him from going on and being miles better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just little things, just little things. But he was, he, in terms of a tactic, tactical, so tactically aware, he'd change it up, he'd do little things, and he was very, very good. I think he did well, <laughs> Cottrell specifically, with the transfers he brought in as well, because he didn't have, he, well, he didn't it, have money, the, really. But he got look, he, he, he almost, look, he almost brought all the plays and they went up. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, you know, he got uh, the best bit of business he did for me. I don't, I don't know if you were there when you were there, Robbie. We had a centre half called Wayne Thomas. Um, no, no, he was he just come just after I left. Yeah, yeah, he'd come in just he came in with like Addy, didn't he? Addy yeah, came by, didn't he? Yeah, that and Gifton Noel Williams around that time, wasn't it? That's it. And he was um, like Steve flew out to Florida to meet him to beg it. He was out of contract at Stoke, and he was trying to win him. And he was like our big summer signing, and he was terrible for Burnley. I know he'd done a good job at Stoke, but I think he played about twenty games and got sent off five times. Yeah. Genuinely, it, it just didn't work out. And fans were on his back and all this. And somehow, and I've no idea how, Cottrell sold him to uh, George Burley at Southampton for 1.2 million. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. And then we signed Clarkie for 200 grand to replace him. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. No, he, 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 you know, he signed Elliot, Duff, obviously yeah. myself, but obviously I'd... But yeah, he signed all, all the players, really. Did he, did he sign Greza? Not too sure yeah, he, he signed Greza. Yeah, he signed Greza. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, all his players, really. They did a, a very good job with transfers. And, and going back to that, obviously, Leeds relegated. He did sign you again. We went over how you were feeling, I suppose, a bit apprehensive at first. But yeah. were you excited to come back then in general, yeah, like getting said, out of that environment at Leeds? Yeah, like I said to you, but it, 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 that could have been a really good environment. But like obviously, when I'd spoken to Dennis Wise, he said, listen, we've gone through a lot of problems. We need to sell you, basically. Yeah. We're going to go into administration and all, it's all going to go. So, which... 
to be fair, I was happy. I had another couple of options to go, but I wanted to go back to Burnley. And I, I knew it was unfinished. I know it's like all corny words, but it was unfinished business. Yeah. And I knew I'd had such a rough time at Leeds that I knew I, there was still plenty in the locker. And, yeah. um, you know, that, that I just wanted to go back and then, and just, just show you really that, you know, not, not some, the love for the club and the supporters. It was just, you know, we had such great times and I knew we could have even better times. And, and obviously we went on to have that. Definitely. Um, speak of the devil, I suppose, when we're talking about better times, obviously Steve Cottrell did lose his job and in came Owen Coyle. Um, as a Burnley fan, like I say, since 92 mm. was my first game, that, and I've seen now, I've seen the club, which is mental to say, be promoted four times to the Premier League. I still, you know, three times even. I added one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's still my favourite ever season as a Burnley fan. Um, because it was just totally out of the blue to us. Yeah, and it's new, and it's new as well, Luke, isn't it? it? Was, it's like, and it's the best way to go up. Yeah, and, and it's new as well, isn't it? It's like, yeah. you know, Burnley's first ever Premier League you know, season. It, it's it. it just sounds better than going back up, you know what I mean, and going down and going back up and then obviously sustaining, which is great what they've done. Yeah. But it, it it's probably just relevant for the supporters of like, oh God, we're in the Premier League. You no, know, I would have thought that. Exactly. You um, know, but in reality we had a good team, didn't we? So Yeah, that that's really what I was going to ask. Because I mean I we had great players. We and we sat he, he, he uh, spent well that summer getting Pato in and Chris yeah. Eagles and Fletcher. In fact, I will ask, because you, you could end a mystery that all Burnley fans have cool. had for going on 12 years now. What were the deal with Remco van der Schaaf? Well, uh, I don't know. <laughs> the players didn't know either. No. The deal was that he probably just turned up. He was shit and then he went back home. <laughs> That's fine, except we had him for three years. No, no. Rem- Remco was a good lad. He was actually a very good player, you know. Yeah, but he, he had niggling injuries and then he had a little bit of a fallout with Coyley. And to be fair, we we had a good team, didn't we? You know, like yeah. the midfield was packed. It was just a great balance. We had Chrissy McCann balanced on the left foot, who could bomb forward. We had Wade Elliott balanced on the right foot, go forward. We had Greza sitting, protecting and playing forward, forward passes. Yeah. And then we had a little bit of diversity up front with pace, trickery and, and a finisher. So yeah. we, <laughs> we were really, like when you look at it, we were a very good team. It was like an unorthodox formation is what I like too, because you had like yourself like playing like tucked in off the left, yeah. Pato through the middle, Tomo playing like just behind Pato as a target man. Yeah. Weird right winger his whole career, but he played in like a central midfield role. Alongside yeah, just, well, he was just bombing, he was bombing on money. Yeah. You know, he, he almost used to say to us, it's five, five and five, back yeah. four and Greza and use five going cause havoc. Did, did the players think that you had a shot then that summer before? It, before yeah, we always knew, yeah. Yeah, we always we had it. We had it in a belief that we we knew it was just. I don't know when we when we got beaten the um in the semi finals against Spurs. We it was really weird because we had about a thirty second flatness, and then it was like we're all in the dressing room after the game. And it was like right, the only one way we've got to do now is go. We're going. We're going to win the playoff final because we couldn't. We couldn't catch the top two. Yeah. But after Christmas, our form was in one or two positions, wasn't it? I think. Yeah. I think we had the form to be first or second. Yeah. So we knew that we were saying Chef United, I would beat them, we'd beat them. And then we beat them early on, later on in the season, didn't we, on Sky, I think 2-0. Yeah. And that's, you know, we turned them over. We just got to get past Redden because we knew it was going to be a tough game. Um, and that's, you know, we fancied us against Preston or yeah. um, Chef United. 
And I think I've, I'm, I'm really good friends with Killer, Michael Gallagher. He said to me, like he said before the game, not that you were like this sort of team, but we were all petrified, you know, because you, you turned us over at home 3 1, then you give us a beating at home 2 0. Yeah. And we thought, I don't know whether we can beat this team. Well, we were just on a crest then, you know what I mean? I mean, Pat will score not worldly, and then oh. Tom will score not worldly at Redden. You know, they're, they're just goals that don't not happen yeah. normally, do they? Even Wade you know, in the final, they, they were all the playoff goals are all just. I mean, even a penalty, even a penalty at home is not a penalty against me, is it? <laughs> you did a great, great acting, though. Oh, honestly, I'll tell you what, I was straight down that tunnel when I seen him take the shirt off. Though. <laughs> what would be, did BK mention it when he joined the club? That no, was a funny story, right? So when, when he signed for us, that the, the summer we went up, remember that after he signed? Yeah. Well, I had, I had my peg, you know what I mean? Yeah, you should have it, like, in your change, and you're, you're not normal. And then yeah. the lad said, oh, yeah, that's free, that peg's free. So when I walked in, Big BK sat there. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, uh, that's my seat. Can you move? And he's like, oh, it's all going off. And the lads were pulling the chairs off and throwing it on the floor. <laughs> yeah, but it was funny actually. But no, he was he was a great lad. Peaks, he was he was a great lad. Good player as well. He was a good player. One of the things I've got to mention, you did touch on that game, Robbie, against um, Spurs in the semi. I was actually I actually missed this game because I was getting hammered in Prague and when it at the time we'd lost the first that's leg. not a bad thing is it nah well at the time we'd lost the first leg 4-1 and 4-1 yeah I've, we went one to look as well <laughs> yeah yeah and I'll, I'll be honest you know I had a lot of faith in you guys that season but it were it were a lot to bring round I actually missed the first sort of half of that game because we were out you know I was like oh, oh, yeah. you know, if we, if we yeah. see it on somewhere I'll watch it and then so we're winning 2-0 no. obviously I watched the end of it until Pavlyuchenko brought me out. But oh, I have to say, for me, and I want to get your opinion, that's the best individual performance you ever made for Burnley. I thought, I mean, Burnley fans mention that a lot. When we talk about Robbie Blake, that, that game against Spurs, you were like a man possessed. Do you feel that way too? Was that the best you put out, do you think? Yeah, I think it was, yeah, it's probably the best I think I've played. It's probably, it's probably actually, I think it's probably my best performance I've ever made. Yeah, yeah. I think it was because it was. I don't know. Just one of them nights where you try the free kick and it go. The wind was blowing a gale. It was blitzing everywhere. And I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to try and get it on target. The pitch is wet. The gloves are wet. The ball's wet. Just have a go. And then obviously, it just as I've hit it, there's just been a big gust of wind as well. You know what I mean? So then it was just they were they were rocking. You know they were rocking, and we we had our tails up a little bit, and then we we managed to get the second goal. And you could just see the whole team. They were just out on the feet. You know, they were just desperate for that final whistle because, let's be fair, us beating them 3-0 at home is possibly, Man. it might have been it might have been the biggest result in history having a Premier League team with Bale, Pavlichenko, Defoe, Woodgate, Dawson. You know, all these players were playing. Yeah. And to have all them players, if we'd have beat them, haven't, it's different if we'd have won 2-0 at home and then they've yeah. got to go to White Lane and we, we're hanging on, we're hanging on. But to actually be, be beating us by 4-1, and for us in a low championship team to, to do what we did to them, that would have been one of the biggest upsets in the context in history. Yeah. So I could, you could just sense the anxiety and everything in them. And, you know, just, I still go over it now. I think, fuck, how did they score that goal? Because you know, it yeah. come from nowhere. They did. You're right, edge at box. Just I always blame Beastie corner. saying fucking chocolate fingers. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, just, it was an incredible night. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think, I think that was one of the defining nights of that season that 
everyone started to believe, you know what, we can actually do something this year. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's how the fans kind of saw it, Rob, because we we weren't necessarily a young team. I think you were like 33, maybe. Yeah. Greza were fucking 50. 36, or that, yeah, 36 or something. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you're right. And, and it, it was, felt like, like the last, it was like a band of brothers, like last chance to yeah. the glory. Last, I think yeah. when it was stripped away that night, it was like, from a fan's perspective, I think even the fans felt the same. It's like, right, we'll, we'll fucking go up then now. Yeah. Yeah, and, no, that, and that's what we had. We had a conversation straight after about 30 seconds of disappointment. Yeah. Gaffer spoke and then we said, right, let's go and win the playoff final. And we did. Gen that actually was a genuine, genuine conversation between about six or seven of the senior players. Right, you know what we've got to do now? We've just got to go and win the playoff final. And we did. And do you know what? Honestly, probably touch on that later on. 100% I knew we were winning that game. Yeah. 100%. My dad's always said that as well because of the way that Kevin Blackwell looked when he were in the studio watching us against Reading. Yeah, no, he was petrified, like, honestly. He was, like, he was sat like this, like... He didn't want to play us. He could tell. No, it was so surreal as well. When we were in the hotel before the game, we were like, "Oh, God, we're going to go to Newcastle this season, next season, and we're going to." Not one of us went. Whoa, whoa, we haven't even won the game yet. Really? It was just like yeah. we had it in us, honestly, genuinely. But we knew when we lined up in that tunnel, we we knew we were going to win. Seriously, and, and it's hard, it's hard to describe that, boys. But honestly, trust me, I'm, that's not no bullshit. I'm, yeah. What I'm saying is, we knew that we were going to win that game. It came across on the pitch. I mean, obviously, we'll go through the game, but obviously, Wade scores a terrific goal. But if you watch that match back, like you go so close, you were like going into a box and then you're curling it into the far right corner. Um, and I think it will blocked on the line. The Johnny one was Johnson. The, the one was Kyle, Kyle Walker giving me 30 yards and still beat me by 10 to get back. <laughs> Quick lad, though. Anyway. The, 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 the ball's gone down the right. Tom was in and that, he's just stopped. Walker yeah. obviously thought he was offside and he wasn't offside. And I've gone. So I'm, I'm a good 15, 20 yards in front of him. And he's come from nowhere. But you know what yeah. goes through my head, Luke, now all the time? You know, sometimes I'm laying in bed and go, why the fuck didn't I just chop it and fucking just pat it in? <laughs> but, you, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, because some, that's what sometimes I'd normally do that, wouldn't I? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'd see him diving and I keep the diving across, just chop it back and just slide it in. But Look. it's one of them split second things you do. I was sat at Wembley basically directly behind you when he had that shot for all will. Yeah. I thought it were in. But, I couldn't believe it. But, well, it was a great block, but it was poor for me, really. It should have scored. Uh, uh, yeah, the other thing with that game is I can't even think of a chance Sheffield United had. The only they did have a damn good penalty shout. Putting that aside, you know, it, like you say, you could tell you, you had that belief and Sheffield didn't have it. What was the yeah. game like in general for the players? What was it like after the match? The, the feeling? How how is it? How oh, is I just it think it's, it's so hard to describe, lads. But it's just incredible, you know. These it's all you go through in there. The feelings you have like out of body experiences you know when you see all the crowd yeah it's just something you can't you, it's very hard to describe only you can have that feeling of like wow yeah you know what i mean and you're just happy everyone's happy and not only the players it's, you can when you look into the stand you see your family celebrating as all like you know you know you see all the supporters even people who are not even together hugging each other and can't believe it and it's just a, it's an amazing special feeling that you know, one that you're so proud of, to have been a part of. It's just, but it's, yeah, I mean, like you say, it's the best, if you don't win the league, it's the best way of going up. The hardest part, but it's the best way in terms of the emotion. Because when you finish second, you're happy, you're great. You get runners up, but you don't, you, you don't have that feeling of playing in front of 80,000 at Wembley. And, no. You know, getting a player's playoff you know, meddling. It's, you know, you don't, you don't get a, um, a bus ride, do you, for second? That's you it. know, well, you very rarely don't. But, yeah. 
This is my favourite just... promotion, and I know most Burnley fans feel the same. We've won league, we've finished second, we've gone up for it playoffs from the championship. Yeah, it's definitely my hundred percent my highlight of it. The anxiety it. around it and the fact that it's all or nothing, it's it can't be beaten. And um, one thing I've got to ask Robbie from that yeah. game, you obviously did your little jig across the pitch and your bad beat bobs, and we we have had a question on this from Claret Burns. He said, "Do you still own the bad beat bobs? You famously still got them, mate. Still got them." You still got him? No, I haven't got him on. If you told me, I'll, I'll put him on. <laughs> yeah. But I don't, is it after 10 yet? I don't think it is. is it? So, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I've still got him, lads. You, you, they're the memories you take. You know? I always remember we were playing Coventry when I was going through a bit of a bad spell. Like, I, I wasn't playing particularly well, and Coyle left me out a couple of games. We were on the bus and we got on the bus, and Clark, he said to me, Lex, if I buy you something, if I get you a present, will you wear it at Coventry? I was like, well, it depends what it is. It's like, oh, just, you know, you've, you've got to say yes or no before you see it. You know what I'm like? I said, yeah, go on then. Okay. Could have been a strap on. Well, you know, size of money, you probably would have been happy with that. <laughs> and um, so I said, yeah, no problem. Go on then, yeah. And so anyway, I go in there, I see these bright red pants. I said, Clark, you fucking have a laugh. He said, ah, oh, Bob, come on. He used to call me Bob. He said, ah, oh, come on, Bob. It's just a bit of banter. You know what I mean? Get the lads going. And if you, if you score. Um, pull your pull kicks down. I went, fucking, I'm on the bench. <laughs> so he said, nah, you'll come on, you, you're bound to come on. And if you do, just, so I was only on about five minutes, boom, ball good. I think Eagles played me in. I remember beating the keeper and then that was it. Stevie Jordan was sub at the time and it, and he came down, start trying to pull my shorts down. <laughs> I was like, not too far, I'll get booked. <laughs> yeah, and then it just started from then and the lads were like, you've got to keep doing it now. And then to be fair, I think I went on a, like a decent amount of goals on the run, run of games as well. So just all it all just added to that full season. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. just crazy. Just look as an outsider looking in. It, it, even I got the feeling that you were such a sort of collective team and had a great team spirit. Like I can remember with Mike Duff who were dancing yeah. before you went. Up. Yeah, doing that. Yeah, yeah before they received the trophy. <laughs> Is that? Had he practiced that? Is that a used to do it all the time? No, he used to do it. Used to do it. Used to do it like after games. You know, when we'd won all, okay. we were like, "Come on, Duffo, put the music on." We put the tune on. Obviously, we didn't have the tunes at the time, but he just thought he'd just throw it out. But yeah, we just listen. We had we had good players, but we had also like characters and yeah. And then we also had like the characters, like I'm not saying like myself and people like that, but then we had the professionalisms of Grezer and people like that. Yeah, you know, and then you had. The Clark Carlisles of the world was just, <laughs> but no, he was. Um, we just had great characters, and, and we all just gelled as a team. Great. Um, so then, what comes after winning the playoff final? You get in the Premier League. Um, first home game, Man United, and I don't know how many times I've seen that goal as a United fan. <laughs> Too many, um, but but no, what what a hit that is, um, and what a moment! Crowd goes wild, and that sort of. Burnley are in the Premier League, so a welcome, yeah. welcome yeah. moment. Is that is that your favourite goal? I'd say. I, I think with every, yeah, is, is, Josh. I think with everything in ties in it, you know, beating the, yeah. the champions elect and yeah. first Premier League goal against Man United and at home. Yeah, just it's just fairy tale, isn't it? You know, who'd have thought that would have beat Man United one 0 You know, we it's just incredible, but. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, just great moments and it's just so great to be part of that history with the club, you know, that, that we know that we've given enjoyment to the fans because they've deserved it, you know what I mean? So, yeah, no, just incredible. I mean, the, the, the thing is, though, I, you know, I score that goal, but I could have easily been the villain because I give a penalty away about 10 minutes later. 
Yeah. And this is what I'm going back to early on in the, in the, the meeting when I said, you know, Brian Jensen makes a, a great save from a penalty, which, you know, my goal stands then as being the best moment. But in reality, you know, a lot of of that sort of result should go to Beastie as well because mm-hmm. of what he did. So, I, you know, that, that, that's just me being honest because that's facts. Right? But, you know, to be part of the moment, to, to beat them. And listen, yeah. I am a Man United fan in terms of as a football club how they are and what they are. I think you've got the, I think you've got a dummy of a manager at the moment, but that's that's be something we don't need to speak about. But as a club, you know, you're such a great club, and you know, luckily for me, I scored that goal. Yeah. But you went on to win the league, so I was happy with that. And I think if if you knew that before, and you'd have been happy with Burnley winning, wouldn't you? One 0 Yeah. At the time, I was wondering why Michael Carrick stepping up for a penalty when Michael. Yeah, but- and Rooney was on there. And Rooney was on there. But Higgs goal. I think. I think yeah. Carrick did. He could strike a ball, couldn't he? Mind you, mind you, trust me, he was he was a fantastic player. So, so no, it were looking back now, like you say, you went on to to win the league and whatever. It's it's a great moment, and I still think if people think of Burnley, they, they still think of that moment. That really was a. This is well, welcome. Well, yeah, you just beat you're beating the champions and you're beating the team. Like you know, imagine imagine people on that coupons and big thing. You know, it was going round. It was going round at Burnley that I had a thousand pound on myself to, to score the first goal and win one nil. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I wish, but you know, I mean, I'd imagine what price that would be in about 200, 300 to one or something. So no, but I mean, it was just fairy tales, like you say, and um, you know, great memories to. And I think it's always. It's always nice to to look back on them because lads, you'll have that, you know, when you've you've been successful in something or you know, in any walk of life, you'd always go back to them happy times, don't you? Yeah. When you need them every now and then. And so for me to go back to that is obviously quite fortunate to have. Yeah. You certainly wouldn't get a penalty away if you were if you had a grand on one nil and you to <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. I certainly wouldn't have two footed ever, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, just got to ask as well. Um, Owen Coyle done so much for Burnley, and then and then he leaves to yeah. to a rival. Um, and how did that feel at the time? I know Luke spoke about it at length to me, um, but how did the players feel? Did you see it coming? Would he have kept Burnley up? Oh, hundred percent, we'd have stayed up. I'm not saying we'd have finished tenth, mm-hmm. you know that, but we'd have stayed up. Yeah. Listen, we had the worst run with arguably the worst manager. That. Um, I think we'd only I think we only got relegated with about three games to go. It might have even been less than that. And we hardly put picked up points, you know. We was it was um we would have definitely stayed up hundred percent, in my opinion anyway. I think we had that togetherness. We had listen, Coyley Coyley was just a bluffer. Mm. You know, I don't mean that rude to him. He was, you know, the first ever time I ever met Coyley, we, we were training at Gawthorpe and he said, Ah, he said, uh, I've spoke to Alan Thompson. You know, remember the ex-Celtic okay. left wing? Yeah. Yeah. He says, uh, Tom always just told me to give, get you the ball and you'll do all the ma- magic. Um, I said, all right. I said, that's nice of Tom. Like, so anyway, I, I, I played Tom with Leeds. He yeah. came to Leeds for a spell. So I rang him and said, Tom, geez, man, thanks for the, uh, you know, the little uh, kind regards of, you know, the words to, to Coyle. He went, well, you know, he said, I haven't spoken to, he said, I haven't spoken to Coyle for about four years. But that was just Coyle. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he, he had you thinking like we were stood in the tunnel genuinely against Man United and we thought we were Man United and, and yeah. we were playing Burnley he made yeah. us feel like that even though we weren't you know you talked about a level of play that you know you, you weren't at that level yeah. but he made you go in the tunnel thinking that you were at, at, at that level Yeah, and that's why we we, we we done well under him because 
even on that Wednesday, I think it was a Wednesday night, wasn't it? We beat Man U. Yeah. We had Evan at home on a Saturday and people were going, I remember watching Soccer Saturday. Ah, that was their fluke to be tired. You know, they'll the, 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 the get heavily beaten today against Everton. We beat them 2-1. Yeah. Because he had us, he had that belief in us. You know, like even when we were like having meetings on the training pitch on a Friday afternoon, he was taught us. I, I felt like I was Wayne Rooney. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's so, it's so strange. But even though I'm not, and I'm nowhere near as good as that, I felt like it. Yeah, and yeah. that's what he had. He was a bluffer, and that's why I'm saying there's all sorts of managers you have. You can have the really tactical announce and great on set pieces, and then you can have a bluffer that does everything off the cuff as Krispy Kreme donuts on a Friday, and it, and you get promoted. <laughs> and you that's kind of how fans perceive it looking back as well, Rob, because you know, like I say, a lot of what's passed under the bridge now. I actually came to um, club did like a ten year anniversary thing. Yeah, and yeah. Owen turned up, which was crazy because no one expected him to, no one had blamed him not to. And it, yeah, he got a mixed response, but end of the day, that to me was the point where I'm like, listen to me dad. He got us promoted to the Premier League, he relegated Blackburn and he's, <laughs> he's turned up yeah. here. Um, what more can be done? I shook his hand and said, thanks for one of the best days of my life. Yeah, and yeah that's, that's nice you've done that, yeah. that. That's the way to look at it now, looking back. And wasn't, I think Coyle regrets it, probably. Yeah, but he, he wasn't a bad guy, you know what I mean? He yeah. wasn't a bad guy. He was a bit of a bluffer. You couldn't believe some of the things he would say, that's what I'm saying, but I was so surprised that he didn't go to Celtic. Yeah, because that was being rumoured after the game, wasn't it? Yeah, well, I, I, by all accounts, I don't know, but apparently he didn't really celebrate with us after the game. Right. And I don't know, word got about that he might have met the big wigs of Celtic that night. Right. So I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't know, I don't know, but that was what was circulating. And obviously, once he had the record of Bolton of what he had as a player, we, we still felt relatively com confident that he would stay with us until the end of the season. Yeah. And that's what disappointed us because he should have, yeah. he should have stayed till the end of the season. And then, because I think Bolton would have, I think, I think his stock would have got higher because I think yeah. he would have kept yeah. us up. And, um, and the fans would have been happy with that too, Robbie, because we're not, we're not idiots. We know yeah. Burnley were no, a small it's, price. It's life, and, isn't it? It's, yeah. I think it was just the time in January. Yeah, it was, it was poor time. Yeah. And then and I'm we sure got, he probably, like I say, he did kind of speak with a slight bit of regret about that and fair yeah. played women, my opinion. And then, we, and then we got Brian Laws in. Well, that's what we're coming on to, mate. So <laughs> I have to have just to? give my honest assessment of this. And I know that as a fan base, I'm not I'm speaking for most Burnley fans here. Um my reaction when I saw that on the ticker tape on Sky literally was, What the fuck is this? What, what? Well, that was <laughs> let me just tell you, let me just tell you. That was the reaction in the fucking dressing room. <laughs> In your opinion, this might sound brutal, but I have to ask: Did we throw the towel in there and then with that? No, we didn't throw the towel in. I don't mean we, the players; we, I mean the club. Oh yeah, we, yeah, that was building for next year. It was hundred yeah. percent. It was just so I, I've got a few stories like I can say like it, when we we were at, when you know the um, obviously the, the Jimmy McElroy stand. Yeah, we had the we had the last window on the end. Or, mm -hmm. um, box where we used to have our dinner uh, breakfast dinner and all that after you know training sessions and stuff yeah so we were going out we were all just about to go out we, lads had finished and stuff and then i was walking out down the steps with russ wilcox who was the assistant then mm -hmm. so anyway we start doing a warm-up so we do like a couple of laps around the turf and then we we start stretching off in the goal mouth at, at the, um you know that the so we just start stretching so russ wilcox walks over to me and goes so then, Blakey, um, what's the Premier League all about then? He said, "I've only been watching League Two and League uh, League League Two and League One on a Saturday night." Yeah, 
And that, so then we've took off again. I said, the Duff one, you fucking guess what he said to me. And yeah. they were like, no, you're joking. I said, no. And then we had, we had, we played Man United that weekend. So they came in on the Tuesday. We played Man United on that weekend. And it, he was undecided about the team. So he played me and Chris Eagles in the uh, 12 v 11 game. <laughs> so we had what, two wings. Which of you he wanted? Yeah, we had two left wingers playing. Wow. It was a, Some logic uh, in that somewhere. Maybe. Yeah, instead of just switching us over and then yeah. rotating after a bit. He had, he had 12 v 11. I thought we're in trouble. Yeah. Did he, I mean, he, he always came across, you, you might correct me, like, like fan perspective, but like a decent guy, like a, yeah, he was, yeah, he, you know, he like was, a, but maybe that was not what that squad needed then. You need, he was a decent guy. He was just a bit wet. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like if we pushed the, but I don't know who was available then. I know Steve Koppel was linked with it. Um, a couple of others, maybe. Look, and I don't mean it disrespectful to the guy, but anybody else. Yeah. And you know why you only got that, don't you? Well, A, I know he played for the club previous. Yeah. But if you remember, we got beat 3-1 at home against Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, and we got beat 3-0 away on the first game of the season, or 3-1, can't remember. Yeah. And Leon Clark scored a hat-trick, member. Yeah. And that's probably why we got his, the job. Because yeah. the, the board probably watching and thought, oh, they were the only team that really cut us open. Yeah. But he's just, you know, like, Man City, we played Man City on uh, Sky. Remember it. We'll get, I think we we're getting beef. Was it four nil or five nil? I think it was five one. We lost six one, but it was right. five nil at half time. I five think. nil at half time, right? So we come in the chest dressing room, and uh, he goes, "Fucking hell, you know, I've set his out this to do this to do that. You're not even doing it." He yeah. said, "The only two players that can come out with a bit of credit is you and you, and that was me and Kev McDonald, right?" So then he goes on five minutes later and he goes, "Right, I want to make two changes. You're coming off, and you're coming off. He brought me and him off." <laughs> Well, that, I, I remember Kev, I remember Kev McDonald coming off because there were a lot of talk. He apparently went, yeah, he went in the pub, this, didn't he? <laughs> Straight after yeah, well, the second half. The, the, this this sums him up, right? So I used to, we used to park around the back. So I've come up with home team dressing room, and I've gone left. I've thought I said, "Fuck it, I'm going home." Fuck this, I'm fucking, I've had enough. So I've gone home, got on my car, drove home. I was home before the last kick of the game. Yeah. So when it, on the on the Monday we come in, he goes, "We had a team meeting." He goes, "You, you're a disgrace to Kev." He goes, and Lim, look at him, 33, 34, model professional, stays around, watches the game, and he'd be more disappointed than anybody because he was the best player for us in the first half. And all the lads start laughing, you know what I mean? And that, that was him. That was him. But he used to, he used to say to um, Fletch and all him, you know, the C, uh, yeah. chief of it, you know, like he used to say, ah, Robbie's not fit, he's not fit, he hasn't, he's missed three days training and all that. It's unbelievable. That's why I left. Yeah. That's why I left. I couldn't, I said, so anyway, so I had a, Brendan Flood rings me. He says, Robbie, listen, man, we, you know, we were just going to try and talk through this. So yeah, I met him at the Worsley Marriott. Mm -hmm. I'm there with my agent. I said, listen, Brendan, with the greatest respect to you, my love for the club is always going to be here, but I can't physically stay around with him in charge. I said, I'm not going to play and there's no point in me being at the club. And he was like, well, you know, I said, trust me, Brendan, you've made a, you've made a decision to bring him in. I'll guarantee you, whether you come down and you go straight back up, you're not going straight back up. You will not get your promoters from the championship back yeah. into the Premier League, even with the players you might have. You won't get you there. And he obviously sent me a message saying, yeah, you were right. You know, but I just couldn't. I, he was telling so many lies. It was, it was difficult to go in training. Like, I mean, I was doing, I was playing against the lads who were playing in the 11 and I was, you know, sort of making some of them look a bit stupid. 
but I still wouldn't play. <laughs> he yeah. just kept on saying I was injured and I was out of, you know, it was, I just thought, I know, just, if he's got still been in charge, I can't take another year yeah. of that. I might as well go and play with Coyle at Bolton. That's it. Yeah. yeah and and that, that, that's the truth. It, it was just, it was just horrible. And then that's a resentment. I wish I'd have stayed because I probably would have been there as a coach now. Yeah. Yeah, quite possibly. I mean, yeah. it, it, it was a sad ending because like at the time, certainly for a couple of years after that kind of hang like a shag- shadow over the club that whole era um, from Coyle leaving that period uh-huh. and, which was a shame because it's great now because we can walk back and you know watch the goals on YouTube, remember that season and 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 the first half of the Premier League season. We had some great results, some great performances. I remember mm. it was just the football we played because I remember I remember going to Upton Park and we got we got battered really. We were, I think five three, but the football we were playing were ridiculous. We just tried yeah. out score the opposition. It was great to watch and you know it's a shame how it ended. But um, yeah, I think the writing was on the wall when. I always, I, I always remember Tottenham, the Tottenham game right at the end when all yeah. the supporters, I couldn't believe it. And I, do you know what? It, I had peace then. It's really strange. But I knew I was leaving, but I had peace because I thought, do you know what? Because they were almost nailing laws and then singing Robbie Blake's Blue on my army. I remember it. So, and it was it was going on for about 10 minutes towards the end of the game. And then I remember when we done a, a sub, didn't you? Yeah. And when we yeah. done the lap of honour, um, it was like the the... The support of the fans was like incredible, and I was like, "I'm at peace now because they, they know I've come back. We've had a great time, and if Robbie goes now, because I obviously the, the main time then when my contract was up, so everyone knew my contract was up. I hadn't negotiated another contract. It just felt like, yeah, I was at peace with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, it was it definitely. it was a great it was a great moment, but yeah, it was um yeah it was incredible times. Definitely, and. Since hanging up the boots, Robbie, we have to obviously touch on it. He obviously coached for a little bit at Portsmouth, but you're now at Bognor Regis. But what's that change yeah. been like for you? Are you enjoying it? Obviously, how's COVID impacted it as well? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I've loved it. You know, I had a great time with Cookie at Portsmouth, Paul Cook, um, obviously one of our ex-players. And then yeah. um, I was there with Kenny. But listen, football's mad. And when you're not part of someone else's as plans, you know, they want to get rid of you, don't they? So that's, that's what happened there. And then, you know, I know I've had a, I'm having a great time. We just need that chance, Luke. You know, you need that chance to try and get back in the yeah. the league the league scene and, and and hopefully, you know, just get that opportunity. But it's difficult. And obviously we've had the pandemic for our football, which has absolutely killed it. So yeah. But obviously there's more important things than, than football, isn't there? There's life and family and people who are, are sadly passing away. So we've got to be put it in perspective. But um, you know, I'm, I'm loving it. I love it. Absolutely love it. And you know, I always feel if you can give something back to something that's been really re- prevalent in your life, then you know why not do that? No, it's class. Right, Robbie. If you don't mind, the last thing we like to finish on with our guests is just a quick five-question quiz, all about your. Yeah. If you're up for it, so it's called the Tommy yeah. Lee O Five Quiz. Uh, former Chesterfield goalkeeper Tommy Lee was the first to get five out of five, so he got the name in rise. Um, so we'll go straight into it. Uh, so number one, you scored an unbelievable 167 goals throughout your career. How many of those goals came in your 100 Premier League appearances? So how many Premier League goals did you score? Seven. Eleven. You've done yourself out of a few there. Well, you know, that was shit, really, wasn't it? <laughs> I don't know, one in ten in Prem. More than one. Yeah, I know, but come on. Hey. They were no. good goals, Robbie. Black I know, but United. Goals. The quality, not the quantity, mate. 
Yeah. Hey, look, I'm glad you're all on this podcast to tell you that. <laughs> um, straight in, number two, you received one red card in your career, certainly from yeah. the which I could, I could find. Who was it against? Portsmouth. It was Portsmouth for Bradford. Was it last game of the season? Third of last game of the season, yeah. That was a killer, that was. So I missed the first three. I missed I missed the first three games and then you know we started quite well. That was the year we actually went up. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't get into the team till about twelve or thirteen games in. Oh really? Yeah, so it was a like it was a massive like that's why like my even though my stats probably don't back it up, I, I was only on the bench. So I actually yeah. And was it a red card we like to ask his guests? No, no, I didn't touch him basically. I didn't know basically I, I went back at him was and the lad found me and he sort of grabbed my ankle. And I, I like sort of pushed him away, said, get off, like yeah. that. And then I didn't touch him. He didn't go down or faint or anything. The, the referee went to me, you can't raise your leg in front of me and stand you off. So what? yeah, I was off. Didn't touch him or anything like that. Just, you know, you shrug someone's legs, say, get off. Yeah. But yeah. obviously, I mean, one red card in, in a fairly fairly long career, you know what I did. Josh, I wasn't really the most aggressive as you can no, That's imagine. what I'm saying, <laughs> that's, that's what I mean. I, if you've not known, a lot of people used to bounce off me. You <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, right. Well, question three. Luke's already answered it in the okay. uh, <laughs> question, so we'll see if you're listening. <laughs> so your most prolific goal scoring season was 2003-04 for Burnley. How many goals did you score? And to make 22. It is 22. It was a choice of three, but yeah, it was 22. You know what? Honestly, I'm not defending. Luke. I would have got that. Would you? Yeah. Are you big on stats, Robbie? Would you, would you sort of know how many? Um, you didn't know how many Premier League goals he scored, Josh. So he's not massive. <laughs> no, cheers, no. Nicholas. Thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, no, no, I wasn't because I, I, my my job while I played in them positions, I don't think I was in the team to score all the time. You know, you know, you know, like a proper number nine. Yeah. So you know, I was more in, to assist, obviously to chip in. I mean, I, I probably thought the way I played as a player. If I could get around the 15 mark, I'd be happy with that because I'd, I'd be up there with a seven or eight assists or something like that. So, yeah. But no, no, I mean, obviously, stats are nice to look at and obviously it's nice to score, but my, my stats are not the best, to be fair, to be honest. I don't think so. I'd take them, mate, if I were a oh, very good mate. No, I accept that, but I accept that. I'm on about just. No. Um, number four, uh, which teammate did you make the most appearances alongside in your career? Brian Jensen, Wade Elliott, or Graham Alexander? And there's one that's a bit, two are really close and one one a bit further out. Well, I'd say Greza would be the last one. So I'll say Brian Jensen. It is Brian Jensen, 170. Uh, Graham Alexander, 134. Wade Elliott, 130. So. Oh, so I was, yeah, actually I was wrong. I was, it was, Elliott was the last one, was he? No, he was one. Th yeah, Wade Elliott. Yeah, so yeah, so Greza was second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, them two were close, and then. They well, looked into the lads. Brian Jensen, obviously the beast. What what was he like? Cause he was quite a uh, sort of cult cult hero as well. Yeah, no, he? rightly rightly so. He was brilliant for the football club. Great character, great goalkeeper. Um, yeah, just an all round good egg. You know what I mean? Really good around the dressing room. Great lad, um, but a fantastic keeper and one that you're always like. I suppose it's like a number nine, isn't it? You're always looking for your centre forward to score. You're always looking for Beastie just to make them point blank saves. And he used to do it. To be fair, more more times than not, he, there was plenty of games that I spoke about earlier on that he kept us in the game. So he was 
he was a fantastic player and rightly so he's held in high regard by the supporters terrific in promotion season especially yeah and finally question five who was your favourite opponent and by that I mean which club did you score the most goals against oh god I've got a choice of three if you need them go on it's Preston Coventry or Watford right I'd have to say it's Preston it is Preston. <laughs> We're just purely on the back of, I don't think I've played that many games against Coventry. I can't really recall that. Watford, yeah, maybe, but yeah, Preston. I used yeah. to always score against them. Just for another reason, we loved you, Robbie, to be fair. The amount of, the amount of free kicks you scored against Preston. Do you know what? I remember, I remember, yeah, Coyley left me out of the game. Remember the live on Sky? At Deepdale. Yeah, he yeah. left me out. And then obviously he brought me on after about 60 minutes. Stunning. And I was only being on about two minutes. I scored that free kick but what you don't know is when I was warming up down on the right hand side the fans were hammering me like calling me all the names in the sun you name it Call, you know good and bad as banter you know but you try and just diffuse it by having a little bit of banter yourself it just didn't work <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah I remember just scoring that free kick and off the post and I just remember going over and giving it that you know what I mean but oh, <laughs> you could just see the faces though lads like you fucking wanker you know what I mean <laughs> you wanker but it was just like but then like I I used to always like I didn't mind the band me lads do you know what I mean because yeah. it's part and parcel of isn't it you know what I mean it's just yeah I always felt like you were doing something right or you were a bit of a nuisance if they yeah. give you some stick you know what I mean so it was it, it all added to like everything involved with it with that rivalry with Preston and Blackburn it was it was great we had some great games against Preston they were uh, yeah just incredible yeah. times weren't they I enjoy being so far ahead of them, but a part of me does hope they, they one day somehow get promoted because I do miss that game. It's a good and game. And the Blackburn game. I mean, the, yeah. the, the Burnley Black... So they can stay. No, <laughs> but the Burnley Black game games, they, they go under the radars, not, but yeah. they're ferocious. Oh, it's massive. Yeah. It's ferocious. You know, you're going about Liverpool, Man United, and things like that. Chelsea, Tottenham, Arsenal, but it was ferocious. Yeah. And because it's relatively two smaller clubs with not massive fan base, if you know what I mean. Yeah, you know, Burnley fans are forgiving me for saying that, but it was just in the in the quality of hit. It was ferocious. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. A four out of five, mate. Very, very good. I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah, I think that's more than Tony. Less uh, same as Paul Weller. I think. I think so. so. Yeah. You're joint top of the ex-Burnley lads, Robbie. <laughs> I'll have to know what. I'll tell you that. I've never been top in my life, so I'm happy with that. <laughs> yeah, well, always, I, whether, whether it was school or whatever, I was always at the bottom, so I'm quite happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> and that does bring us to the end. And I, I just want to end on one note, Robbie, which is... Oh, is he gone? It's no, no, I'm still it. <laughs> oh, someone's, tra- someone, someone's trying to ring me. I do apologise. <laughs> it's all right. It's a good talk. I think it start, will... Yeah. It will It'll go in a minute. You're all right, mate. Take time. Good timing, though. Is yeah. it an ex player? Hey there, boys. No, it was actually the manager <laughs> of the, the team I'm, I'm coaching at the minute. So, good, you got your priorities right, Robbie. I'll, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> he, can, he can fuck off, use it on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, want to, I just wanted to end on one point. Like I say, it's not often as a Burma fan you get to talk to one of your heroes. And I just want to say, you know, you we're a legend at Burnley that's all Appreciate I that, mate. and and you know you're, you're a well-loved player you'll never be forgotten you, you did a great job for our club um that really helped put us to where we are now so it's it's you know it's um it's been a pleasure speaking to you lads and um make sure you stay safe make sure your families all stay safe and um 
you know, just whoever the Burnley supporters who are listening to this, um, just want to say, you know, like a huge thank you to uh, the support that I got throughout the years. It was an incredible journey that we went on, one that I'll never, ever forget. And, um, you know, you're the first, you know, you'll always be the first team I look out for and the first team that's at the top of the list in my heart, sort of saying, I know it's a bit cheesy, but it's true. And, um, you know, such great times and hopefully them times will continue. The club will get better and the supporters will be very happy because if there's any supporters in the land that I want to be happy, make sure the Burnley, Burnley fans are. So appreciate everything tonight, lads. Nice to meet you, Josh. Nice to meet you, Nicholas, as well. And, yeah. you know, I wish you all the best, lads. And, you know, I'll give you a nice shout out on, on Twitter with this, um, this interview. Right, so Brilliant. Appreciate Thank it, lads. Much, Thanks so much, that, Robbie. Look after yourselves, Stay boys. Stay safe and you thank you so much, mate. Yeah. Thanks, Top cheers, mate. Take yeah. care, mate. Bye. 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 Bye.